in to another podcast episode for Codings Pro Magazine. I'm Stephanie Chizik, and I'm Editor-in-Chief of Codings Pro. Today we have with us Henry Staggs. He's Roofing Consultant with Preferred Roof Consultants of Arizona and also the founder of the School of Roofing. Henry started in the roofing industry in the 1980s and has been working toward educating people coming into the roofing industry. Henry, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you. Why don't we go ahead and start by you giving us kind of an introduction into how you got started in the roofing industry? Well, um, when I was a young person, um, teen, I was uh, living in a troubled home and found myself on the streets uh, for on and off pretty much until I was 18 years old or so, 16, 18. Um, sometimes I had a place to live, sometimes I didn't. And it was a pretty rough uh, existence until I met some folks who introduced me to um, roofing, specifically hand nailing three-tab shingles. So for the old guys out there, they know what I'm saying. Um, I wore my uh, my nails around my neck. So the really old guys don't understand that. Um, but uh, that work um, earned me enough money, brought me up out of that uh, mess I was in. And I, by the time I was in my early 20s, I had a had a roofing company, I uh, was making decent money, owned several houses, had a bunch of people working for me. Uh, it was pretty amazing. Um, it was pretty amazing to me that uh, a guy living the way I was living at the time could step into an industry like that and, and get that far so quickly. Yeah, and kind of hit the ground running, it sounds like you were able to really kind of dive in deep. Um, that's that's, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I had to. <laughs> <laughs> So what is the roofing school? I think that's the thing that we kind of want to focus on today because it seems like such an interesting angle to what everyone might be thinking about as far as roofing goes. And, you know, t t tell us what the roofing school is and, and how it started. Well, a couple of neat little factoids real quick. Um, roofing is number one in people falling and getting hurt or killed. Roofing mm -hmm. is number one at being sued. Um, a roofing comes up most often in, in all those uh, various uh, people put together. So um, it's been pretty obvious to me for a long time that we got some work to do in our industry. Otherwise, we wouldn't be at the top of those lists, you know. Um, we, we account for, you know, five or less percent of the total building budget, but we're sued more than any other tradesperson. Mm -hmm. um, that definitely tells me there's something going on. So initially, I had uh, started just doing some classes for contractors, like business and construction law and things like that, um, to help out the, uh, the folks that were bidding on, on the project I was uh, consulting uh, for. And then and then we started doing a few little things here and there for, for trade people. Um, I got uh, connected with the guys down there at Eagle Roofing Products. They uh, they want to start recruiting from the high schools. Uh, they've got a nice program put together, and so we put our heads together and came up with uh, a concept of school of roofing to teach uh, you know the roofing profession as a profession as a craft rather than you know you come off the street and you you know sink or swim kind of mm -hmm. kind of way of doing things. Um, we've done a whole bunch of uh, demonstrations and presentations uh, down here at East Valley Institute of Technology. And you know, we're going to start doing some uh, some of our own classes real soon at uh, at the Eagle Plant here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Um, we are uh, so in June. I go uh, through the remainder of my training for the NCTER. That's the National Construction or National Center 
of Construction, uh, Education, and Research. They are a subdivision of Pearson Publishing, and they produce textbooks for uh, schools, including trade schools. And so the NRCA, uh, National Roof and Contract Association, and NTCR are collaborating together right now, drafting a, a Roofing 101 program intended for trade schools, which is exactly the kind of program that, that we want to do. Um, and I'm very lucky to be a subject matter expert on that committee, so I've been uh, right there along the, the way. Um, this should be probably ready. Uh, they're saying by the end of next year, the entire program will be ready, but I mean, we're ready to get started uh, uh, probably as soon as July or so, maybe August. Okay. Would you say, when? so as far as the goals go for the school, I mean, you mentioned a couple of things. I'm wondering, is the main goal to raise the skills or is it more like the, the physical sort of how to do roofing better and more safely? Or is it, do you think more about the soft skills um, as far as, you know, the business sort of aspect, or maybe it's both? It, it's all the above. Safety is number one. So it's the first thing we're going to tackle. Safety would be integrated throughout the program. So every single thing we do is going to have a safety component, which is true in the world too. Um, we want to teach the soft skills that uh, students will need, uh, you know, customer service skills, uh, business ethics, you know, how to act like a professional, things like that. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, we want to teach, um, uh, but we want to do a lot of hands-on technical training as well. Um, and the, the, the idea is that um, uh, when a student learns how to be professional, they'll act professional, they'll be treated like a professional. And when they know how to do their work, they can take pride in their in their craft. And that's what we need. We need uh, happy, proud uh, workers um, that know how to talk to people. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think, you know, it, that definitely I could see have benefits for the individual, like the contracting companies and, and the, the crew workers themselves. But do you also see that it could affect the roofing industry as a whole? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if we uh, get our safety together, we're not going to be on top of that list anymore. Mm -hmm. If we stop falling and stop getting hurt on these roofs, I mean, we're roofers. We're the last people who should fall. <laughs> we, should, mm -hmm. we should know more about staying on top of things than anybody else, and yet we're on top of that list. So that's the first thing. The other thing uh, will change is all the, the lawsuits. So if, if uh, right now, I, I, I say it's a little embarrassing for me, but there's a lot, a lot of substandard work in our industry right now, um, which is why I'm so busy as a consultant. And all these, uh, you know, all I do all day is go find things that uh, people did wrong. And I see, I see a consistency in the errors. These are things that have been taught by other guys that taught another guy that taught another mm -hmm. guy. And now there's, you know, a handful, depending on the system, there's probably half a dozen or so mistakes that everybody seems to be making. But that's because there's no any real formal training. If they came into the industry already having the, the basics, having an understanding, um, understanding how to do uh, detail work and uh, installation and how systems work, um, they would be much better at the trap. And then our industry would no longer also be on the top of the list of getting sued for deficient work. So that's two ways that it could really affect our industry. And then once that happens, the uh, you know uh, we should start getting a lot more uh, respect uh, coming toward our industry and uh, and then you know maybe encourage more uh, for the work that we do for doing more uh, work or doing better work I should say. Mm -hmm. uh, just as a clarification point, um, is this for residential, commercial roofing, both, all of the above? Yeah, all of the above. Roofing is roofing. Okay. But yeah. 
Yeah, there, there's a, there, there, there's always this. Uh, it's always like a line between commercial and uh, and residential. The only difference is there's a lot of low slope roofs in commercial and over deck insulation. Otherwise, it's all the same. Okay. And as far as your outreach goes, is that you know it sounds like you're starting locally, sort of in the Arizona area, which makes sense since that's where you are. But but is is the outreach going to start growing, or has it already started growing? Is it is it going to be nationwide? You know, what what do you yeah. see as far as that goes? Nationwide, I'm glad you asked that. So the way that this works, um, I am jumping through all the hoops and all the fiery hoops and all the uh, spiky rivers and all the mud pits that you have to jump through um, bureaucratically to make this happen. It's taken me four years to get to this point. I got about another year of it. So oh wow. Um, once yeah, so once I've done all that. Um, and that's the big barrier that stopped a lot of folks previous to me that, you know, to, uh, from doing this, you know, they saw I had too much work and they walked away and I'm not like that. I just said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it uh, regardless of the amount of work it takes. So I've already been talking with uh, some trade associations in other states and some contractors. And once this is uh, up and running, I, we can establish um, any qualified person as what's called a training unit. And, and that individual will be able to provide the same level and the same uh, certified training that we're uh, provide, uh, offering. And the students will walk out still with the same NCCR uh, credentials. So that, that's why I'm saying it's national. It's nationally accepted because the NCCR is an international organization. So wherever the student is and wherever they take that course, um, they get the same certificate and the same opportunities as any student anywhere else in the program, anywhere in the country. Okay. Yeah. That, that. I mean, that makes sense to me. You. You obviously can't be in all places at one time. So. Um, oh it's... no! I tried. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> if If there was sort of like a call to action for our listeners, is it to you know reach out to you and ask for more information, or to try to help um, set up those those centers in other states, or what would that what would that be? So I would be looking for. Um, con- Directors who would be interested in access to that pool of labor, and I, I'll say this up front: we will, I, you know, we're going to vet contractors a little bit, anyways. We want to make sure that when we do uh, refer students to contractors, that they're, you know, legitimately a contractor. So there'll be some vetting. Um, we're going to be looking for uh, folks who just want to help out. So we, I mean, we do need some committee uh, folks. We need some uh, somebody who really understands uh, fundraising can help us. Uh, understand how to do that so just that kind of stuff sort of the sort of the building block foundational things we need help with um Mm -hmm. and then um oh and then obviously we're going to be looking for um um, any kind of construction trade instructor who would like to add a little extra something to their program uh, as well i'd love to talk with uh with them as well okay that sounds great um well, at the end of the chat, we'll give out your contact information for people if they want to reach out to you. So I think I think that'll be a, a great opportunity. Um, sure. You know, obviously, this is one of the uh, kind of, I think, visions that that you're looking for as far as the future goes. Are there are there other sorts of trends and opportunities or or challenges even that you're seeing coming down the pike as far as the roofing industry or the greater contracting industry goes? Mm. I'm sure there are, but my mind is so focused on the 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 uh, trained skilled labor right now. It's one thing I can see. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, 
kind of have blinders on to everything else at the moment. <laughs> yeah, and I think it, it's affecting so many people. So I think that'll really probably really resonate with our listeners as well. Um, well, it is. What, I, I went I went out three times last week and looked at rifts that were commercial and residential. And, and well, I went out more than three times, but three times specifically because of installer errors, clear, mm-hmm. obvious installer errors. And, and that's, it, they're different installers, but they're the same errors. And that was just more confirmation to me that, that we got to do something. These guys are, and then one ripper was on the roof with me, and he's been making the same mistake for 30 years. And so I showed him, uh, and this is a tile rip, so I took up the TRI manual and showed the guy what we are talking about. And when he saw it, he just, wow, I highlighted, no one told me. That's what we're trying to fix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they could have huge implications. Yeah. What about what you've seen sort of in the past? I mean, you've been around since the 80s in the industry. So are you? have you seen any trends or technologies that have developed over time um, that, you know, are worth kind of mentioning as far as how maybe the industry is evolving? Well, for me, it was pneumatic guns, you know, nailers, or the, I started out with a hammer. Mm-hmm. And the were just kind of starting to get popular, you know, when I was uh, working, working, and uh, that was a great. But now the the uh, technology, especially um, the ability that contractors and foremen have now to document projects, there's so much technology out there now that we can just capture every single moment on a project just about. And, mm-hmm. and I, that'd be one thing I would encourage any contractor, you know, just document the holy crap out of every job you do. Take pictures of everything. And make sure they're organized in in, uh, in such a way that uh, you know, just in case you have to show the powers to be, uh, they make sense. Um, and then and, and with you know, I I mean I've got I've got several apps on my phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, open up, take some pictures with, and it populates a report for me. So um, that document, being able to document jobs quicker, um, is uh, I see that changing, and also. Um, you know, uh, well, let's say that I'm doing your roof and we're sitting at your kitchen table. Um, we have technology now that lets the roofer on the roof snap a few pictures and then I can see them right away. I don't mean the text. I mean, it goes into a report so we can identify what they're doing and talk about it as it's happening. So we get a lot more real-time um, reporting uh, that way. So clients will become more aware of the process and when they become more aware of the process, then those installers better be on top of their game because now the owners also know what they should be doing and should not be doing. Mm-hmm. And I think I'll also put in a little plug here for Codings Pro because if you're also taking pictures for recording purposes, you could equally share those with us over here um, and, and potentially be considered for a future story. So I'm sure the rest of my uh, Coatings Pro team, Karen Fisher and Ben DeBose would be very excited to be able to look at some some new projects to consider for for Coatings Pro. So, lots of sure. lots of benefits to picture taking. <laughs> um, yeah, I I got probably ten thousand pictures. Oh my God. Yeah, oh my goodness. I I also could see you know you just made me think too that um, you know I even just as a as a layperson have like the weather app and the uh, the radar app on my cell phone i bet that's probably crucial for for roofing contractors these days too since you know inclement weather can directly affect what you're able to do on the job yeah so that's going to be regional um you know in arizona you know we don't get a whole lot of rain we get a lot of rain but we get it all in short bursts your monsoons right predictable 
Yeah, so here maybe not so much except during the monsoon season, but boy, if you're up north or in the Midwest, uh, those uh, those weather apps are just completely vital. As a matter of fact, I had a company in the Midwest, and, and all of us had that, uh, um, the um, uh, what do they call it, the, the NOAA radar system on our phones. Mm-hmm. We were constantly monitoring uh, any weather that was floating around anywhere near where we were working at. Um, but in Arizona, uh, they don't worry so much about that because mm-hmm. it's, it's not very often you get a surprise rainstorm here. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, very predictable. Yeah, that, that's interesting you brought that up because I hadn't thought about that being a regional thing too. But it sure is, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and installation methods are also regional. So yep. the way that we install something here is going to be different than in New York, for example. Oh, the type of material that we use. We use a lot of polyurethane foam here in Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. The farther north you go, the less of that you'll see because the, the uh, you know, the environmental conditions just don't allow for enough days to really get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, down here you can spray foam every day, almost. <laughs> right. And then you think about like Florida, where they probably need roofing materials because it rains, different roofing materials because it rains so frequently there as opposed to Arizona, you know? Yeah, exactly. And the high winds, too. You yeah. The high winds in Florida. So you got the Miami-Dade uh, County, uh, that I said that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they got some of the strictest codes in the nation. So um, a lot of roofers will brag that they do work according to those codes because they are so stringent. Mm-hmm. But they're designed for hurricane uh, hurricane uh, winds. Right. Uh, we get some pretty high winds here, but I don't know if they're hurricane winds. Right. They get yeah. pretty tough. We get some microbursts that can do some pretty serious damage. But honestly, mm-hmm. these microbursts are going to do the damage whether it's done right or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're just they're just mean, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well. I um I think it may be time for our quick rapid fire round. This is just the kind of a little get to know Henry Staggs part of the podcast. So um, wow. off off the top of your head, who would you say is your hero or mentor? My hero is my great grandfather, Clarence Henry DePew. Um, he's my namesake. He actually introduced me to uh, construction and roofing. Uh, I asked him to, you know, hey, uh, well. He was me to roofing, but he put me to work roofing when he found out I was doing it. Um, oh. And uh, yeah, so he died uh, a long time ago. But I, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think of him or hear his voice in in my head. Um, he used to always say, "A job worth doing is a job worth doing well." And then the other thing he always used to say is, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's a good one. And it, and it turned into the family business. Who knew? Yeah, well, you know, I did. I, yeah, that, I, that's funny you say that because everybody in my family is in construction in one way or another. Hmm. Um, most of them are superintendents and foremen now because we're all getting old. But <laughs> um, but when we were young, when we were young, we were we would. Uh, you know, I I I just know that now that when we were when I was young and I didn't have something else to do, I could just call one of my cousins or something to see what they were doing. Uh-huh. Go work on their crew for a few days, and likewise they did the same for me. So uh, I forgot about that. You just reminded me. Oh, good. Yeah. I mean, I, I would imagine that, you know, they call skilled labor, but the skill part is, is very important. If you, if you have the skills and you can probably, you know, use it in different ways and on different crews, like oh, you're sure. saying. Mm-hmm. A, a guy who is skilled in roofing and can demonstrate that uh, can just about write his own paycheck right now. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. What is your biggest pet peeve? 
So it might sound funny, but, you know, when you go to a store or something and the guy behind the counter calls you boss or buddy or pal or something like that, mm-hmm. um, that just, just gets under my skin, especially <laughs> the word boss. I, I, I've been called boss a lot, but it's in the context of me being the boss on a project. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it just seems like, to me, it gets under my skin because it's way too casual uh, mm. for a stranger behind a cash register calling me pal or buddy. My friends do that. I don't know this person. Why are they talking to me like we're, we're so... And I know they don't read anything by it, so I never say anything. But I always walk out of going, oh, God, don't call me, pal. I'm not yeah. your buddy. <laughs> I sure don't want to be your boss. <laughs> <laughs> In Baltimore, they say hun. They call everyone hun. So, you know, same same idea. Yeah, how, yeah, how are you doing, hun? Sweetie. <laughs> that, or, or buddy. Sweetie and buddy, mm-hmm. I find that pretty... Uh, and it's it's hard for me because I know they don't mean it, but it sounds so patronizing. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. Yeah, that that's an interesting pet peeve. All right, last mm-hmm. rapid fire. If you could be any place in the world right now, where would you choose to be? Um, I would be sitting in my grandmother's living room watching TV with her. That's where I'd be. She's uh, 85 years old, so, you know. I don't know how many days she's going to have left. She's over in Kansas, so I see her. I haven't seen her in a couple of years, and I like I, my grandma's awesome, so mm. I try to go visit her. She's a little wild. She says things she shouldn't say. She's very inappropriate. You know, <laughs> I love hanging out with her, especially if we go out in public. And she, 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 uh, yeah, <laughs> she said after eighty, I decided I don't need to care what I say anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she's a wild child. <laughs> I love that. Oh yeah, yeah. That that would be the great grandfather's daughter. So. The daughter of the man that that I admire the most. Oh, um, okay. Apple doesn't fall yeah. far from that tree. Then sounds like that's awesome. Yeah. Mm, great. Well, is there anything that I did not ask or that you wanted to mention um, about you know the root school of roofing or your experiences or or your uh, your family life for that matter that that I didn't ask that you want to share? Well, um, I I want to I, I uh, well let me say it this way. I, I am, um, well, most roofers uh, that I've met have maybe a high school education, some less. Um, there's a few that have a higher education level. I'd like to see more um, more guys that will step up, and, and it, it helps a lot. College, a little bit of university helps you with critical thinking, things like that. And, and I, I, I made it all the way up to two classes short of my bachelor's degree in, in, uh, in psychology uh, before um uh, my daughter was born and she was an infant. So I stopped going to school to take care of her and never went back. But I, but, um, I have fought and stretched for every single bit of education I could get along the way. Even when I was um, living on the streets, I still went to school. Um, and then I put myself through, uh, uh, through uh, college. And then I entered a program, um, uh, became a hospital chaplain at, at Banner Desert, uh, in, in uh, Mason. Then I worked in uh, Banner Australia for a while and through that program I was able to get uh, a whole bunch of my university classes knocked out um, but I had to hang around the hospital and uh, talk to dying people mm. um, I did that for um, and you know what too um, this is really important as I, I sat in the hospital I, I sat with you know a couple of hundred people on their deathbeds and and all of them that talked not a lot of them didn't say much because you know they got a lot of medication pumped into mm-hmm. those folks but um, those who did talk they, they pretty much told the same story either their story was, I'm so glad I've raised my family. I've lived, 
you know, a good life. My kids are happy. They're all successful. You know, it really boils down to they are so pleased with themselves that they spent a lot of time with their family. Or the other group is those who wish they would have spent more time with their um, families. You know, that's why I talked about my grandfather. That's why I talked about my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've got my wife and my daughter here. And family comes before anything else. And honing your skills, honing your craft, honing your trade is putting your family first because that's what feeds them and that's what feeds you, not just uh, physically, but also intellectually. So that's what I would encourage um, anyone. If they don't have if you don't have your high school diploma, go get it. Um, at the very least, if you can, if you don't want to get into a college, you can audit classes. They don't really charge for that. You just sit in the back and listen. Um, maybe you don't get paper, but you, they can't scrape the knowledge off your brain cells. Mm. Well, maybe they can. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they might have that technology. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What those are. I just thought, yes, those are great takeaways. Thank you so much for sharing that with, with me and with our, our greater audience as well. So um, I really appreciate our time together today, Henry. Again, just for everyone listening, this is Henry Staggs. He is the roofing consultant with Preferred Roof Consultants of Arizona and also the founder of the School of Roofing. So if people do want to reach out to you to get more information about the School of Roofing or anything else that we mentioned today, how can they follow up with you, Henry? You can email me at theschoolofroofing at gmail.com, just like it sounds. Perfect. We'll put that in the show notes too for everyone who might be interested in following up. That's that's pretty straightforward. But again, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I really look forward to hopefully you meeting you in the future. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm here if you need me. All right. Perfect. Well, thanks. Uh, I'm Stephanie Chizik, Editor-in-Chief of Codings Pro Magazine. And as always, happy coding. Calling all Codings contractors. We have a great resource for you. Coatings Pro Magazine provides you with the latest news, trends, and technologies for your coating needs. And the best part? It's completely free to anyone who signs up. Simply visit CoatingsProMag.com slash subscribe. Coatings Pro. Know what the pros know.